thank you guys so much for joining me. I've been having a lot of thoughts about this month's topic, all about confidence and self-worth, something that I have struggled with for many years. So I have a lot to share, a lot of personal experiences with lacking confidence and self-worth. So I would often say, you know, yes, I know we're supposed to love ourselves, but how? Like, I just can't quite figure out how to love myself. And I would do all the things that you're supposed to do, you know, try to practice positive affirmations and um, take care of myself, things like that. But I still struggled with a lot of self-doubt and um, second guessing myself a lot of times. And I just could not figure out how to get off of this pattern that I was stuck in, even though I thought I was doing all the actions, you know, taking all those action steps. But what it comes down to, and it's something that I have discovered about myself only within the last few years, and it is codependency. A codependent person is someone lacking self-worth and trust in themselves. And they have fears of abandonment and an obsessive need for approval from others, usually most magnified in their closest relationships. So that means that Sean had to experience a lot of my um, codependencies. I, for years, you know, relied on Sean to give me that, to fill me up, make me feel loved. And, you know, he always provided, he made me feel loved, he made me feel um, safe, and sexy, and beautiful, and cherished everything, he gave me those feelings that I always wanted. And so my need for validation through other people kind of was directed towards Sean. But um, I did go through a period of time where I was seeking a lot of validation online. As many of you know, I tried to become an influencer on Instagram and it was, you know, it started out with good, pure intentions, but it, I got sucked into um, needing that validation from other people. And I didn't realize at the time why I was like struggling so much during that five years where I was putting out so much content and really, really trying to make that something like big, thinking that that was where my happiness and fulfillment came from. So the, so Sean, um, Sean had to ferberize me. <laughs> Just you guys all heard of the Ferber method. It's where you allow you have to sleep train your babies and you have to allow them to cry it out. They have to learn how to self-soothe. And um we joke about it because this there was this moment just a, a couple of years ago where I I didn't realize that I was codependent until about a couple of years ago and until Sean ferberized me and I call it ferberized me and I told him after you know everything settled down and I realized that it was an essential thing that needed to happen in our relationship I we would joke about it and I'm like Sean you totally ferberized me <laughs> and and it really it felt like I was 
having to learn how to self-soothe, just like babies have to learn eventually how to self-soothe and not always rely on us for, for all of that comfort, right? So for most of our marriage, Sean was always my, was my main source of feeling good because he was the most reliable source of that, getting that love that I wanted. So I kind of directed most of my attention towards getting it from Sean, even though I did do a lot of it on social media as well, needing the love and validation through other people. But then Sean kind of took the brunt end of it because he was always the most reliable and willing to give it to me anytime I wanted and needed. So over time, I think Sean realized that it was just a band-aid. Like he would do everything he could to lift me up, make me feel better and talk me through a lot of my insecurities. And it was just like this temporary fix. It didn't have a lasting effect that he had hoped. (laughs) So then he just decided one day, like, I am not going to do this anymore. I just can't because it is, um, it's not helping her. So I, I realized that I had gotten addicted to the Sean drug. (laughs) I call it the Sean drug, but you know, like I said, I I did seek that love and validation through other people as well, but Sean was the main guy. So I was addicted to the Sean drug. And when he decided that I needed to grow and step into more of that confidence and self-worth that he knew I was looking for. And I think he realized like, this is the only way she's going to figure it out. So I just got to like step back <laughs> and allow her to find that from within. And I remember this, um, it was even this a moment where he just stopped doing the things that he usually would do for me in the times where I would just be all emotional and needing him to fix me. And he just one day just didn't do it. And I was like, what's going on? Why is he not giving me the cookie? (laughs) We say that too, because have you ever, have you guys seen that, um, that, viral video of the little boy where the the mom's like I love you and he's like I love you when you give me cookies <laughs> so we joke about that too I'm like I love you when you give me cookies <laughs> so Sean was always happy to give me the cookies but over time he realized that the cookies were very unhealthy for me and he stopped giving me the cookies and that made me really upset just like a child would get upset when they're not getting what they want They throw fits and they think that throwing fits will get them what they want. Sometimes it works because um, sometimes us parents, like everyone, they get impatient and they just want the crying to stop. They just want the whining to stop and they don't want to deal with with it in the moment. And so they give in. And I've done that. I'm, I'm guilty of that, doing that for my kids. But we all know that that's not good for them long-term. So, and it only creates a bigger problem (laughs) for all of us. So I had to go through this detox of my Sean drug and it was very painful. And I made up stories like he doesn't love me anymore. And why is he, why is he not giving me what I need? And what does all this mean? And it was like this whole existential crisis (laughs) I had to go through. It was hard, you know, to um, experience that. But I think um, deep down, I knew that it was in my best interest and so did he. So of course we know knew that like, okay, this is something that I need and I'm going to um, just have to endure the pain and figure out how to go deeper within myself and find 
find that love from within and stop seeking it from others. So I went through that whole detox and had the withdrawal symptoms, just the same as you would with any drug, like seriously. <laughs> and um, I, you know, I was used to getting my hit from Sean and through other people, through social media, and it was just easier than going through myself. It's just like um, we we want to skip the work and go straight to. That's why oftentimes we are drawn to drugs, alcohol, treats, foods that we know aren't so good for us, but they make us feel so good. It's so delicious. And we just want it. We crave it. And um, we, a lot of times we want to skip doing the work so that we can just have that, get that quick fix. And the work, meaning like doing your meditation, doing your daily writing and introspection, uh, doing your work, your workouts, exercising, all of the things that we know requires more effort and gives us more long-term results. But sometimes we want to bypass the work and go straight for the dopamine. And that's why a lot of us get stuck in um, addictions, addictions, anything. Like, like I said, it could be addictions to just getting validation on social media, the likes and the comments, all of that is uh, can also be an addiction as it was for me. So we have to understand that the human biology that we have is has a lot of primitive functions and which are to seek pleasure avoid pain and to conserve energy so when we understand that that is part of our um, biology then we can be a little more aware of our tendencies to bypass the work and doing what's easier and gives us pleasure and conserves energy because <laughs> it requires a lot of mental energy to go deep and to work on those things um, from within. So another drug that I was addicted to is the drama drug. I call it the drama drug because I realized that I would create drama. And usually with Sean, Sean had to take most of it because he's the one that's always there. And um, he's the one that was most willing to take it. <laughs> and he was the one being the most patient. And um, committed to me. So it was like, I would stir up these fights just to get what I wanted, which was just more attention, like fill me up, Sean, make me feel better right now. I need you. So I, I didn't realize I was doing this. I, di I didn't knowingly create drama until later. I realized that, whoa, I think I'm just like creating problems here. Like that I just started a fight here from nothing. And when I got real honest with myself, I realized it was because I was needing something from Sean and I wasn't, uh, I guess, confident enough or even aware enough to know what it was. So I did it through drama the way that I knew how to get it and it, how it worked in the past. So um, we always would joke that we're in it for the makeup sex. <laughs> and but to be honest, we were in it for that, that intoxicating rush that you get when you make up, you know, you fight and then you come back together and it's, it's so intoxicating that it almost becomes another form of a drug that you become addicted to. And so realizing these unhealthy patterns, these things that I was addicted to that I, I didn't realize I was, I didn't know I was codependent. I didn't know that I created drama from nothing. 
And it just takes a lot of working on yourself, looking at yourself. And it's painful because you have to be willing to hear feedback from the person who knows you best, which is usually the person you're in a um, close relationship with. The person that you're with the most becomes your mirror and shows you the parts of you that need to be healed. And a lot of times it just would turn into a big fight because I would be so, I would feel so defensive because he would point out something that I needed to work on. And it made me feel unloved instead of like appreciating that, okay, maybe, maybe there is spinach in my teeth. Thank you for being that mirror and showing me what is in my teeth. Because of course I want to know, but when we have all these unhealed parts of us, we don't realize that the, the person who's trying to show you that there's something in your teeth is just trying to help you and they're not attacking you. But for me, it just felt like attacking and I didn't want to hear it. So it took a lot of time and a lot of writing and a lot of being radically honest with myself and um, just introspection, just being willing to look at it all. So, um, So I had to get over that belief that marriage was supposed to complete me like I really believed for most of our marriage that we were two people coming together to complete one another and it wasn't until a few years ago that I realized like oh my gosh like what is this whole becoming one thing like it didn't make sense but that it makes more sense now that we have to be two whole people coming together as one and that's something that I didn't really understand for a long time so like I said, relationships are our mirrors. And um, Sean resigning from the role of fixing me woke me up from my nightmare. And that nightmare was feeling like I could not figure out how to love myself. It, that is literally a nightmare because it's like, I know I should love myself, but I just don't know how. And it felt like those nightmares where, I, and this is a recurring dream that I've had a lot. And I really think it applies to me feeling stuck in this area. And I believe that um, dreams can be symbols for what's going on in our real life. And I did have this recurring dream where I was trying to run and I, my legs felt like lead weight and I just couldn't run. Like just like lifting each leg was so hard. And I just remember like feeling like, why can't I run? And so this nightmare that I was in felt like that, you know, like, why can't I love myself? Why can't I be confident? What is wrong with me? And so this whole like Sean ferberizing me was my waking up from my nightmare. It was painful, but it was the only way for me to see what was happening from me with me. So I had really had to dig deeper and, um, and that's where I, met my inner critic. And this is something that I, um, this is a more recent understanding that I've had when it comes to the inner critic. I always felt like this, these things that I thought about myself were just the truth. I didn't know that it was just um, patterns from unhealed things from my past Um, things that I've just been repeating for so many years that I just saw them as truth. I believed them 100% and thought it was me. 
And more recently, within the past few years, really, it has, I've had a whole new understanding around my inner critic. And even the word inner critic doesn't fully make sense to me when I imagine it the way that I imagine it. And that is that I, this body, this brain, this avatar experience that I'm in is my inner critic, the brain that has formulated these patterns from all of my past experiences and has created this ball of beliefs. And I am just telling them to myself, which as I imagine that I am not this, and I can for a moment, and this is important, you guys, the whole visualization in my mind of this, like literally closing my eyes and imagining that I am not in this body. Like you really have to step out of your body for a moment and realize that you are not this body. You are bigger, much bigger than this body, this brain, this whole life experiences that have you've accumulated, that have made you who you are today, which ultimately is very small compared to who you really are. And I know we talk about this a lot. We all believe that, yes, we're, we have a higher self. We're greater than this body. But for me, I just couldn't like, I mean, I would conceptually know this, but I couldn't really, I couldn't really like experience knowing it. You know, you have to really experience something for you to fully integrate it and start acting in a way that is creating better results in your life. So yes, we know a lot of things conceptually. Like we've heard so many things, like everything I'm telling you today, I'm sure is something that you've heard already before. But our job is to find a way to imagine it or describe it in a way that it actually clicks and you actually start doing the things that you've been taught. You know, we're taught to love ourselves. We're taught to, you know, um, believe that we are, more than our body, we have a higher self, all of these things we have all been taught, but how do we actually apply it to our lives? And that is tricky for all of us. We all have to figure out the, the way that we can imagine it in order for us to actually implement, implement it into our lives. So me imagining, like literally closing my eyes and imagining myself coming out of my body and talking to me who is just made up of all of these experiences from my life, from my past, and has uh, created, has developed a whole host of patterns that I didn't, didn't even realize that I had um, developed them. Like they just come to you unknowingly. And it's about uh, realizing that you are not this you are much more than this and imagining it for me was something that really helped me begin to make progress so every time i hear the inner critic i have been practicing the visualization of me stepping out of my body and talking to myself and come and asking her more questions like what are you afraid of why are you feeling like this and a lot of times we've been taught to hate our inner critic, which ultimately means we're hating this life experience, this body, 
everything about our past. We're hating it and we're fighting against it. And what I want to offer you is a new perspective to see your inner critic as your unhealed parts of you that need your help. So when we have a little more compassion, instead of fighting against her saying, you know, we often hear people say my, my inner bitch, or, you know, we, we just, we call her names. We are angry with this inner critic and we're trying to shut her up or silence, silence, silencing her with positive affirmations. And we're just, you're just um, muzzling her really. And you're not allowing her to divulge some very important, valuable information that you need in order for you to move beyond those past traumas. And so anytime these negative thoughts come up, it's about getting better at calming down, not being upset, realizing that it's not you. You are much bigger than all of this. And let's dive deeper. Let's ask her some questions. Let's offer her some compassion. And these unhealed parts are really what reveals, they reveal themselves through our inner critic, all those, those voices, those things that are on replay in our minds. That is the unhealed parts of us that need our attention. So we you know, oftentimes we also, we drown out our inner critic and all those, um, that negative self-talk, we drown it out with busyness, accolades, achievements, and overconsumption of food, alcohol, and social media. So it's uh, just noticing what we do whenever these unsettling feelings, thoughts come up and we don't want to notice them. We don't want to feel them. So we push them down. We're like, shut up, stop telling me these bad things about myself. But really, this inner critic, she just wants you to hear her. She needs you to listen. And if we can approach her with more compassion, just as if we would, you know, when you imagine you're um, a bully, you know, we, this is your inner bully, for example, like your inner critic, you can call her your inner bully. But when you think about the bully, why does the bully bully? Why do people, why are people mean to others? And I think we, we can all acknowledge that usually the, the bully has some issues at home. He feels unloved, unseen. There are usually some things that he's going through from his home life experience that he is taking it out on other people. So when we can approach our inner bully with the same love and compassion as we do when we see that this bully is only hurting others because he's hurting inside and he needs help, obviously. So looking at it that way, we can begin to heal those parts of us instead of just be angry and try to push it down and be upset that about all of our past and, and just feel like a victim. So the, um, the unhealed parts of us can result in emotional outburst, self-sabotage, anger and resentment, jealousy. Um, eventually we end up quitting the things that we're pursuing. We just want to give up because we just feel like, what's the point? And we can't quite get beyond those 
all those negative things that we hear in our minds, but really it's all a matter of giving it some love, some com compassion and hearing what she has to say, ask her some questions. Maybe she just, she just needs to be heard by you. And, um, your, your healed inner critic can actually transform into your inner cheerleader. And that's something that I never really imagined. You know, I never really thought about the possibility of my inner critic being a part of me that can support me and cheer me on. Like that just doesn't seem possible. But the more I've been practicing this work, the more I'm seeing how that is possible. It takes time and a lot of repetition, but I'm seeing how that can be possible if I can give it some time and work through these things. So whenever I imagine my conversations with my inner cheerleader, I allow, I allow for a full spiritual embodiment, just like I was saying, like this has been a way that has worked for me to actually make progress instead of just hearing this over and over, love yourself, love yourself. Um, you are worth more. Like all these things, these teachings that we hear our whole life, it's like, we don't always know how to really apply them. And this for me, the imagining myself coming out of my body and talking to me and comforting her has been so soothing. I have literally learned how to self-soothe by doing this mental practice. So, um, the criticism that uh, your inner critic loves to add the criticisms from others to her collection. So if you haven't noticed that all the criticism you, you've gotten in your lifetime, that's there. It's in her memory and she's collected them all. She's got a whole big stack of them here. You know, like your teacher in third grade says you're not as smart as the other kids. Uh, kids in junior high making fun of your clothes like, and your style. Uh, society tells you you're too old, you're too fat, you're too loud. Religion tells you you're not worthy. Social media tells you you're not interesting enough. And that last one was definitely something that I believed for a long time. And I think whenever... Um, I think that is a kind of a trap that we are unaware of um, when you're trying to go the route of social media and believing that your likes, followers, and views are the equation of your worth and how interesting you are, how awesome you are. Like you start to compare yourself with these other people and you literally unknowingly start to believe like, oh, these people must be better than me somehow because they have all these followers or they have all these views on their videos. And I had such, that plagued me for many years and I couldn't just enjoy creating my content because I was just always comparing myself with the person who had more followers and more views and then I would make it mean that I just wasn't good enough and I wasn't interesting enough. I wasn't pretty enough. All these things got added to the pile of criticisms that my inner critic was collecting. And it just started, it, they, she repeats it. It's like this repeat cycle and you can't figure out how to stop playing that record it's like a broken record. It won't stop. And you're like, how do I turn it off? <laughs> so learning this technique has really um, helped me turn it off. 
but it takes time. It's not like you just turn it off and you're done. It, it, you turn it off and then somehow it comes back on and you have to be willing to do that daily repetition to create those new neural pathways because this uh, has been repeating over and over and over, which means when you think about the science and uh, of the brain, how these neural pathways get formed are be through repetition. So we have to find ways to pattern interrupt, first of all, and then create new patterns in the brain. And that takes time, patience, and repetition. So now, like I said, um, the criticisms from others can be really challenging to get out of your head as well. Um, and sometimes even more challenging than, than uh, the criticisms that we just come up with in our minds because they are so locked in and we have believed most of our life that what other people think and say about us is really who we are. Just, um, But really, we have to understand that the criticisms coming from other people is not always true. You know, they can be mirrors for us, but we cannot take it all in as if it was all truth. And a lot of times these people who are criticizing you have their own inner critic as well, these unhealed parts of them that is spewing out onto you. So just being mindful of everybody's unhealed parts. And sometimes we have to um, be the victim of their unhealed parts as others have also been the victim of our unhealed parts. So we are, none of us are victims really when we, when you think about it we are all equally taking it and dishing it out. So we're not free of sin, right? I don't really like to use the word sin, but um, we all have to just take responsibility for our own actions as well and know that we have not been the best at never criticizing others either. So, but when you think about why we criticize others, it usually has to do with our own insecurities and unhealed parts. So the more aware we become of the fears of your inner critic, the more compassion and understanding you'll have when others criticize you. And you will know where their harsh words and judgments are coming from. It's not about you. It's coming from their inner critic there. And um, we just need to learn how to not take things so personal. That has been something extremely hard for me to do. Um, but really, we all have these true versions of ourselves that are trying to come through. So if we can practice a little more compassion for all of us on this journey, trying to heal, trying to break through uh, all of these patterns, these past traumas, and so that the real us can shine through. So let, let me go back to needing validation from others. So I want you to think about the person that you're most wanting to hear you. This is a, we're going to go into a little bit of a practice here. Um, I've shared my own experience and some things that I've learned, but right now we're going to go into a practice that I've been doing for myself and I hope that we can kind of do it together right now. So imagine that person that you're wanting to hear 
you and understand you like you're desperate for them to understand you and see you what you're what you really are and you don't think they're seeing you and think about how they have judged you and what hurtful things have they said to you and about you so first we there's some ways to look at this criticism First, are you open to feedback? Like I said, do you want to grow? Do you want them as your mirror? Would you like to know if you have something in your teeth? But very important, always be aware of smudge on the mirror. So the smudge is their pained inner critic. So the mirror might be dirty. So don't be so quick to believe what they're telling you. Be open to a little bit of feedback, but always question it first. Imagine for a moment how awesome you would feel if they would just hear you out and see the true you and understand you. How awesome would that feel? It would feel amazing, right? But just like a drug, though. It won't give you that long-lasting, steady surge you're truly seeking. Often when people struggle to get off the drug of choice, it's because they have a belief deep down that they can't feel that good without it. They can't be creative without it. They can't be funny without it. They can't be productive without it. They can't be social without it. So think of all the beliefs that you have around needing this person to see you and to validate you do you believe are you believing that you can't love yourself until they love you until you can't truly hear yourself hear you out until they hear you first so i'm not suggesting that you let it go now, letting go of that need for them to give you that, to hear you out, to understand you and to see you fully. But just imagine it. Just imagine it for a moment. Imagine yourself, like close your eyes right now and imagine yourself cutting a cord that's attached to you and that person. Imagine cutting that cord and feeling free. You're now relieved of that need for having them validate you, for them hearing you, for them loving you and accepting you. Just imagine for a moment how free you would feel. Like literally imagine yourself floating now. How free that feels to be free of the need for that person to not judge you to not criticize you, to hear you out, to just truly hear you and see you. Imagine letting go of needing that. You don't have to, you don't have to let it go, but just imagine it and just imagine how free that might feel. And then you can maybe gradually let it go, but it's not as easy as it sounds, right? You can't just like let it go. Like people always say, just let it go. But it's not that easy, right? It's not that easy. So if you can practice just imagining it to start out with, then 
you might find yourself being able to let it go, letting go of needing them to not judge you, needing them to love you, to hear you. So now let's talk about the those criticisms that you can't seem to let go of. I wrote down a list of steps that could be more like journal prompts, but they're good questions that you can ask yourself when you're struggling to let go of any criticism from your past. So think now about the most painful criticisms that others have said to you and about you that just sting and you just are having a hard time letting it go. So number one, step number one, this is a little tough love here, a little tough love to start out with. Stop being a victim. <laughs> Talking to myself too, okay? So stop being a victim. First, we need to take ownership. How do you criticize others? Because like I said, we've all done it, right? We've all criticized others. And even maybe criticize the people that are criticizing you. You criticize them back just to, it's almost a way like you, you feel like you want to inflict pain back to them. So I'll get you back, you know? <laughs> um, so what hurtful things have you said to them? or about them, or about others, or about this person who criticized you. Make a list even, just to be radically honest. Like, where have you also been the criticizer to others? When have you also not allowed them to speak? When have you also not allowed them the opportunity to be heard? Okay, number two. What nice things has this person said about you? What is the absolute truth about how they feel and think about you? Sometimes we make up stories. Sometimes we turn one little criticism into, they don't love me. <laughs> I've done that a lot with Sean. He doesn't love me. So let's look at that and see where, how have we embellished that? How have we created a story or a meaning around one little criticism that Number one, might not be true about you. Could be just their own things firing off. And number two, it could just be some health, helpful, something um, helpful that you might want to know about yourself. Okay, the next step, can you forgive and let go of the criticism? And like I said, I know it's not easy to just let it go, but just imagine it for the sake of leading up to it. Imagining it could help you eventually feel ready to let it go and you have to be ready you cannot just force yourself to let things go that's more of like pushing it down ignoring it and suppressing it so it's not like you just let it go move on that's not the way to do it you have to be ready to let it go and you have to give yourself time you have to do it at the right time let it go when you're ready and be patient with yourself you don't have to force it to happen sooner than you're ready And remember, misery loves company. So maybe they're just trying to pull you down with them. Just think of it in, that, in all the different ways. Look at it from all different ways. The next step. Now, if it's true that they believe these things about you, can you allow them to have their opinion? Knowing that it's not the truth about you. A similar example would be someone saying you have blue eyes when you know clearly you have brown. 
Why would you let their comment about your so-called blue eyes frustrate you? Maybe they're colorblind. (laughs) And who knows? But the point is, if you can get to a space of neutrality around their comment, knowing the truth about the color of your eyes and not allowing anyone to tell you what is true about you, let them have their belief. It doesn't change the color of your eyes. That's a really hard thing to grasp for me, to allow people to have their opinions about you, but still knowing the truth about myself. Like, I know the color of my eyes, and if they're saying that it's a different color than I know that they are, I have to be see it for what it is. Like, that does not change the color of my eyes. I have to be um, firm in what I know about myself and to go deep to know that truth about myself and not let others um, knock me off that belief of what I know is true about me. So the last, uh, the next step is to stop waiting to be heard or understood before you can give your love to yourself. You don't need permission from others to love yourself, to believe in yourself, to hear and understand you. Only you need to hear you. Only you need to understand you. If you feel unheard by someone, That's a mirror image of what's going on inside of you, that you aren't hearing you. Your inner critic doesn't care if other people hear her. She only needs you to hear it. You are the only one who can free her. So you have just taught yourself that you being heard by someone else is your permission to hear yourself, or you being loved by someone else is your permission to love yourself, or you getting validation from others is your permission to give yourself validation. And that is one thing that I did not realize I was doing. I was needing it from other people first before I could give myself permission to give it to myself. And I just had it opposite. I didn't know that I was going about it the wrong way. I really did not know. I know some of you might be looking at it as like, duh, common sense, but I I just was unaware. And I think that's what we have to understand that, um, we throughout our whole lives are unaware of things and we might be interacting with another person who just can't see the things about themselves yet. And you might start to feel like you are even better than them because they're still struggling with this thing that you feel like you've grown beyond. But we also have to catch that. That's our ego. That's, that's our, um, Anytime we think that we are more evolved than other people or that we are, we have figured out life, we have to look at ourselves like, okay, let's back it up here, sister. We have to learn that we are all on a different journey and we can't be frustrated where others are at on their journey and know that we all have our own shit, right? We all have our own shit. So let's not ever think that we have arrived. We've mastered the life lessons and we've figured it out. Now everybody just needs to do what I do. (laughs) So just noticing that we are all on a different journeys and we're all on different, in different stages and different timelines. So the last thing I wanted to leave with you guys today is something that I've been practicing daily for quite a few months now, and it is a pattern interrupting tool, something that you can do any time of day through 
any moment of the day that can serve as a pattern interrupt because that's what you need to stop that broken record. This will keep playing. The inner critic, all these criticisms are just going to keep playing if you can't figure out how to interrupt it. And you have to interrupt it in the moment. You can't just think about it later in the night and be like, oh, I just like feel really crappy today because I was thinking all these things about myself. So in the moment is the way to interrupt this broken record, this record that will not stop playing. So this, um, the, pa the pattern interrupting tool is the EFT tapping, emotional freedom technique. It's where we tap on different meridian points of the body to send a signal to the brain that everything is okay. Because every time that we have a thought, like anything that the, the negative, um, the inner critic is saying is criticism that is hurtful and it's sabotaging us and our results and our progression. It's keeping us from moving forward. So it is creating cortisol in our body every time we have these thoughts. And we are feeling cortisol a lot of the time because we don't know how to stop this broken record in our mind. And so this has been a way for me to, in the moment, takes a few minutes to interrupt the pattern. And the reason why I feel like it works so effectively is similar to vibrations like, you know how they say that a cat's purr gives you um, a vibration, like you being around a cat purring can actually calm the nervous system. Like for right now, just tap your hand right here for just a few seconds and then stop and then feel that vibration. You feel that vibration. And just like a zebra will shake off the stress after barely escaping from a tiger, we too need a way to shake off that cortisol. And we have, there's options, you know, think you can buy those vibration platforms. I use those every day. Um, and it is just a way to reset the nervous system, to shake off any cortisol that's in your body. And this is a way where you can do it on a smaller scale and you don't need to go buy the vibration platform. You don't need to carry your, bring your cat with you everywhere you go. <laughs> Although I would love that. <laughs> but, um, and they don't always purr when you need them. Like they can't purr on demand. They just have to be in the mood, right? So this is something that you can do to access that vibration, to send the signal to your brain in a small way, shaking off the cortisol. And doing it on different um, meridians um, and different points in the body can actually help you stay focused on the pattern interrupt itself and to create the new neural pathways. So the last step I was going to mention is to now tap it out, then tap into the truth about you. So I wanted to do, before we end, I was going to leave you guys with a tapping meditation that I think could, I'm gonna, it's gonna be a little more general, the things that I say, but you can follow along with me and um, use your own words if needed. If what I say doesn't apply to you, then change out the words. This is totally, um, the words are interchangeable. And of course it is something that is, um, you can curate this yourself and it can be anything at any moment what you need to hear, what you're a way to 
Um, first step one, allow yourself to feel whatever you're feeling, have compassion for that inner critic, ask, ask her some questions. Why, what is she afraid of? Where did, where is this coming from? Where in the past is this, um, unsettling emotion coming from and you just get to go deeper and deeper and deeper by having those compassionate conversations with your inner cheerleader I want to call her a cheerleader because I think as we make steps towards using better language instead of calling her our inner bitch or even our inner critic we can see her as our inner cheerleader that just needs us to help just needs us to guide her in the right direction. And we can do that through pattern interrupting. You can find any way of pattern interrupting. Some people just use words like a choose a one word as a pattern interrupt, but you can find anything that works for you. This is just something that works for me. And I like the whole concept of the vibrations in the body and that being a way to release the cortisol that our thoughts can create. Isn't it crazy that your thoughts alone can create cortisol in your body? And anytime, so cortisol is obviously that's fear. Anytime you're feeling fear, you cannot feel love. So we have to release the fear from our body to let the love in. And the love is the truth about you. Anytime you're feeling fear, all you're going to see is everything that this inner critic is telling you, and you're going to believe it. So take a deep breath. Just do this for a second. Let's get centered. This is about dropping the weights when we see what awaits. So we start by allowing ourselves to feel what we're feeling. Say in your mind anything that you're feeling right now, any thoughts that's, that are coming up. What are you upset about? Who are you mad at? What did that person say that just really frustrates you? What did she do? What from your past is still haunting you, upsetting you? What do you want to release right now? What do you wish you could just let it out of your body? So we're going to imagine that you uh, think about a recent... Um, argument, I guess, where it got a little heated or not even recent, something from your past, even if it's not recent, if you don't have anything recent, I'm sure you've got something from your past that you have not yet healed from. So imagine the last conversation that you had with this person and it was very heated and you, it, you left feeling very upset and hurt. So now we're going to tap the different meridian points and I'm going to say different things. Okay. And change again, change out the words if it doesn't apply to you. Okay, we both said some things that were extremely hurtful. And I'm choosing now to let go of the things that he said that really stings. But also take responsibility for the things I said that are equally as painful. I'm going to acknowledge now all the things that I said that were hurtful. Not to shame myself, but to take responsibility, to forgive myself, and let it go. Even though I said some things 
that are really mean and that I now regret. I accept myself and how I feel. Letting go of my need for them to understand me and not worry about their opinions of me. Also, I want to forgive myself. I want to give myself permission to believe in me and to hear me out. I'm giving myself permission now to love myself, to hear me out, and to see me, to truly see me. I don't need others to see me before I can see me. I'm choosing now to see me. I've been resting my self-worth on others' shoulders far too long, believing that I needed their approval and validation before I can give it to myself. On the collarbone. I'm choosing now to bypass seeking approval from others and I give myself permission to approve of me now. I'm a good person and I know I love others and I also judge others. And this person that I'm upset at right now is a good person. And I love this person. And this person loves me and also I judge, we judge each other and I'm taking ownership of that now that I am not free of judgment. So I will accept judgment, but know that that judgment doesn't always mean that it's true. I know it's true about me. I'm choosing now to look for the truth about me and to give myself permission to see that truth and to believe it and to acknowledge it and to see it more often, choosing now to work on myself and to see myself more fully. Hey, <clears throat> take a deep breath, let it go, let it out. Hey, you guys. Thank you so much for joining me tonight. And I am going to be doing another mindset call in a month. It's the first Thursday of every month. Next month in March will be about creating. I touched on uh, creating a little bit tonight, but I really want to go into our um, innate desire to create. We are all creators and I want to show you, I want to teach you and have a discussion about how to tap into your creativity. And I'm not just talking about artistic creativity, like art, like painting and um, music per se, although that can be, can be the avenue if that's what you are have a desire to do. But I'm also talking about creative problem solving and creating more of the life that you want. That's really what it's all about. Life is about creating. So I want to talk about that more next month. 
Okay, you guys, hope you have a good night and you feel calm and relaxed. I hope you were able to release some things tonight and let that true you out and love yourself more. Give yourself permission to love yourself. Thank you, Crystal. All right. Hey, thank you, thank you. Thanks, good call Crystal. Tonight. Okay, thank you. Have a good night. Bye. 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 Bye.